welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, welcome back to episode 29 of On the Table. As always, it's me, Chase, and... It's me, Josh. I'm broadcasting <laughs> all the way from sunny South Carolina. Man, you've been getting around. You've been traveling around a bit, oh. jet-setting. That's right. I'm Mostly trying to get as far one. south to avoid the, uh, <laughs> you know, the whites. What the, there we go. There we go. Um, and uh, I, we can't talk about it here, but I, I, of course, hope you've been keeping up on your uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, of course I have, and I won't share any spoilers, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty interesting so far. Definitely coming to a, a simmer, uh, so Ooh. I'm excited for next week. It's funny watching the new intro scene of the, the show, and I'm thinking like it's like uh, winter is coming, winter is coming, and like it's of course right now where we are, or where I am, I guess, you're, you're down south further at the moment, but it's spring, and it's yeah. been absolutely beautiful outside. <laughs> and you know, I've been worried because uh, you know, I haven't seen a lot of, a lot of ravens coming in into the rookery yeah. but we should probably check up there it's been kind of quiet maybe maybe some stuff's up there though Let's... Stuff been slipped in okay oh we got some it's like we got some baby chicks it's like you know baby news it's, it's maybe we're having <laughs> maybe we have some fully developed news coming soon so you know there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of little things here so let's let's jump in with that so the first thing we saw here is um we saw all it was was basically a box cover so we don't know anything other than this but allegedly there appears to be another Night's Watch unit on its way, which is the Night's Watch Builder's Crossbowman. Well, that and that should be interesting, right? To add in another ranged unit to the uh, the Night's Watch here, something besides kind of the Ranger trackers or the Ranger hunters. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know, I, I think a good ranged unit, like because the the Ranger trackers are good, but they're you know a little on the um, actually no, what are they six points? So they're pretty cheap. Yeah. So I guess I guess you know this. I wonder what the, like would they also be six points? Would they be sort of like similar to the Lannister crossbowmen? I wonder if they're going to have any sort of different stat line. I imagine they have better morale. I just I, I can't imagine what you know. Would they still have Sundering? Probably right. Right. I don't know. I'm I'm assuming. But the other thing is, there's no ranged weapon besides the Scorpion crew that's long range on the Night's Watch faction. They're all short range weapons. So is this going to be a a long range unit that can really start to build some gun lines. I mean, you get those really hardy like veterans or really hardy sworn brothers units that tie things up and you're just mowing stuff down, particularly, particularly free folk um, with these ranged attacks. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting to see them sort of expand on like the builder component of the uh, night's watch army. You know, we've have a lot of like ranger type units. Uh, so it's interesting to see some more of the sort of the back line guys uh, get their uh, time to shine. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, we can only really speculate at this point, but I think it's definitely something that they could use. I think having that long range unit in your in your army is always. Yeah. And I guess you brought a really interesting point about the points here, because, you know, with the uh, Ranger Hunters being at eight points with their swift strike and opportunist and the uh, Ranger trackers being six points, you know, are, where is the sort of sweet spot for these guys that doesn't necessarily put them in too much competition with those units? I mean, they'll obviously f perform a different role, but, you know, the, the Scorpion Builder crew is seven points, so you've got that six through eight point range filled with range attacks. Right. You know, you're going to be making some interesting switches to to place this in your army then when you're like, well, do I want Crosswomen when I could really just take a Scorpion crew? Well, I wonder, because, like, Lannister Crosswomen are, like, six points, right? Um, right. I think... I wonder though, because you know how like the uh, the Night's Watch conscripts are sort of going for that lower point value. Yeah. Sort of, uh, I mean, maybe the crosswomen will be sort of like, you know, worse version of crosswomen. Maybe they won't hit on a you know three plus. Maybe they won't have sundering. Who knows? But it'd be it'll be interesting to see like what they can actually do. Because I think 
uh, I think that's definitely something the Night's Watch could use to fill out their uh, sort of bag of tricks. Yeah, well, I just wonder because if I recall, I don't play Night's Watch that frequently, but I think the conscripts are like the first unit that has a like a non three plus to hit, right? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. No, so veterans have three plus hunters. Yeah, uh, scorpion. So the scorpion crew has that one shot at a two plus, and I guess the ranger trackers on the horseback. It's a three plus to hit, but it's a four plus in combat. So I mean. If they're just like, they're going to be the one unit that's like not super elite or, you know, skillful <laughs> with their shots. I, I don't know. Right, right. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, if they're conscripts, they should kind of suck. So, I mean, but we'll see if the if the builder, you know, um, uh, craftsmen are, are kind of going for that, you know, more elite style where they're going to be expensive. Maybe they'll be like just super badass versions of Lannister crossbowmen. Like an eight point, like we reflect shots back. It would catch arrows yeah. in the air and like we throw <laughs> snowballs at the same time. Like what? 30, 36 inch range, you know. Oh my God. Yeah. Some, some of those fans out there, the War Machine and Warmer 40K people who are like, you know, <laughs> why is there only short and long range? I want to, I want to shoot the entire battlefield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want I mean, artillery. I- there were times when I definitely questioned the long range because it, it does like, you know, it's it's very easy to cover that amount of distance uh, with most units, you know, um, unless you're like at exactly long range and you're forcing an infantry unit to. But, you know, having played it, you know, most units really can't cover that full long range distance. You just have to be very careful not to like march so that you're like eight inches away. And then right. putting yourself, you know what I mean? You have to right. be pretty judicious in where you put your long range units to make sure that you keep them out of harm's range. And then otherwise, I mean, that long range is, you know, 12 inches is further than it seems, especially since you can shift. So it's really like 14. Absolutely. But, you know, it's not just the the Night's Watch Crossman that we have here. I mean, like almost on the edge of being spoiled, our favorite zebra print rugged Facebook <laughs> contributor, uh, Ash Kwan, posted some photos of the Night's Watch Heroes 1 box, the Free Folk Heroes 1 box, and the Followers of the Bone box. Now, we held off trying to to delay this podcast episode as long as we could to see if those cards would come out. They haven't yet. So we are currently just going off of the box, the back of the boxes that he has posted. Um, so I'm sure as soon as this episode goes live, like that will all be spoiled. But it'll give us some <laughs> stuff to discuss next episode yeah. um, with our guest. We're hoping to have Terry Latorka on with us. So that'll be awesome. And maybe she'll have some ideas about uh, how she wants to use some of those new units. Yeah, and she was at Adepticon, too, so it'd be interesting she to hear her take on that. Well, anything stand out on the back of those boxes? Well, the first thing I, I noticed was uh, I've been calling him Pip, but apparently his full name is Pipar. Did you <laughs> uh, know that? I didn't know that. I, I, I did not. It was Pip it's, and Grunt. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, Salt and Pipar? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that... Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, so but we got the, we got the full list of commanders, and uh, or at least attachments and commanders, and it's pretty interesting. So... Uh, we know there's a total of six miniatures. There are uh, seven attachment cards, 18 tactics cards. So I don't know if you can do the math there, but what is that like? That means that three of them are commanders, right? Is it because it right. it's per? So we got three new commanders, four special rules cards. So who knows what that means? Could be anything. But it's it's pretty interesting. It's an interesting cast of characters, and I think it's some uh, you know some favorites, and also I think some surprises too. Yeah, and I think it, so. It's really kind of leaning into this idea of NCU's, like yeah. three NCU's in that box. That's that's a lot. Yeah, and I wonder how many of them, or if any of them, are commanders. You know, I mean, didn't I mean I seem to remember Michael Chanel talking a little bit about like that there was a commander coming who was going to really turn the sort of you know 
bolt thrower, not the bolt thrower, gosh. <laughs> the scorpion builder crew. The scorpion builder crew. I, I, you know, that's my high elf. Yeah, history, there we so. go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, the, the the scorpion builder crew. I mean, didn't he say something about, I mean, it's, it was a while ago, but he was saying something about that there was a commander that's coming out that's really going to make that, that thing shine. And I think. Yeah, so my theory, my theory on that was uh, that it was like an actual like unique sculpt, like. But maybe that's not the case because like, I remember the old Gen Con uh, picture of it was like a catapult, like a Night's yes. Watch catapult. And there's a guy standing up there in front that looks like a character. And so it was like, well, either you could have like an NCU you put on the actual base of the miniature or maybe just the catapult is its own like builder crew attachment thing. Like it's its own hero and like the catapult is like a special hero siege weapon or something. Or maybe it attaches to the siege weapon. I, I don't know. You think the catapult's going to be for Night's Watch, though? I mean, I feel like... Oh, I thought that's what it looked like, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's something else. I think... I'm guessing it's, it's not Free Folk, though. <laughs> I would say, yeah. Their, their siege yeah. weapons are generally, um, you know, giant bow and arrows fired by giants, right? <laughs> it's yeah, not the extent of their... Fair enough. Uh, hooks and grap you know, grappling hooks and rope, that kind of stuff. But I wonder if there would be... A, I wonder if they'll ever do, like, a different way of attaching units. Like, could you ever do a, a an attachment to a siege weapon base somehow and it'd be interesting yeah i mean you could just have it like floating I, the only thing is there's no like slot for it on the actual like base yeah, and that might get complicated when it's like charging it's like well can i charge like there's another like alignment thread can i align on the unit that's placed next to him <laughs> in a solo base like uh, yeah. could you imagine though if you had like some kind of like specialty scorpion crew that was like an extra badass one like it had an extra six inches of range because it was like the elite version or there something there we go it gets a free pivot or you know like i don't know yeah I mean, that's a, that, that's an effect that they could throw on a commander, you know, like if you, you know, all your range units have ex, extra distance. I mean, we haven't seen anything like that, but it's totally inside the realm of you know possibility, I would think. I wonder if they'll ever do like unit bonuses where it's like, hey, if you have this commander on the battlefield, like all builder type units get like plus one or minus one or yeah. you know, well, not yeah. a minus one, but <laughs> I mean, that's something that's a really popular sort of mechanic. You know, not to not to bring magic into this, but which I tend to do. But, you know, that whole like kind of tribal thing, right? Like you get into your like, you know, there were a lot of like when you play Game of Thrones, a card game, there are like builder decks where like you're choosing all the builder characters and having all these builder synergies. Uh, and that's a lot of fun. I think people really enjoy that kind of thing. So if you have like sort of like a sub theme army, you know what I mean? Um, that's doing things a little differently. I think that people really get into that. Trying to remember, I am so not a magic player. I'm trying to think of like magic things that I recall that I would like to see. And it's like, what was it? The last time I played, it was like snow walking or something, where it's like, if they have a snow covered land, you can wow. get a bonus. <laughs> yeah, that's Ice Age, right? Ice Age. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's still a thing, right? That's got to be. Yeah, Ice Age is still. Yeah, that's totally. That's that'd yeah. be the, the free folk there. <laughs> no, uh, uh, that's how. Yeah, anyhow. So, free folk yeah, heroes, yeah. they look cooler i'm just gonna put it out there not that i'm biased or anything um but holy crap if you haven't seen the free folk heroes one back of the box sculpts these look amazing now first off we've seen um harma the dog head but now we get to see that harma has a bannerman that looks like it goes like as an attachment in the unit with her that's gonna be cool and he's got his so her whole thing was like she hates dogs and she kills a dog like every fortnight so yeah. he's got the bannerman. You can see on the stick. This is like kind of horrible. He's got on the head. It's got like dog's heads, literally just like on a stick. I mean, it makes yeah. sense, right? That's the name. But I, I didn't expect to see that sort of like 
pretty gruesome sculpt. So that's going to be. Gotta do what you got to do, man. You know the the wildling army is like you know. You gotta, they better get bonuses versus uh, the bastard girls. I want to see. Right. It's like prison. You got to get in there and like oh, you know, act crazy so that nobody messes with you. That's, Jeez, that's probably but, her shtick. Just looking at these sculpts from you know Jarl the Weeper, Steer, uh, Ygret, uh, Harma, Rattleshirt, Lord of Bones, like any one of these sculpts, it would just be like an awesome miniature for another game. Yeah. Like if you play D and D and you don't play this, like buy this box, paint them up, and like you've got your awesome character sculpt for something. Oh, um, without a doubt, I, 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 just, I think the sculpts they've been crushing it, especially with the hero boxes that. They're just, and I think the Free Folk one in particular, because, you know, they're all so unique on their own, like they have their own kind of flair, uh, that they just, yeah, they're just blown out of the water. They're just doing so well with the, with the sculpts on these guys. Yeah, seriously, like, holy crap. Um, I mean, these are all single sculpt, like, you know, they're, they're not assembled in any way. And they've got these crazy poses. Like, it's just very ambitious, the style of sculpt they're doing now in this style of miniature. Right, right. Yeah, like, you mean the pre-assembled? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, there's so much limitations they have to work with in that manner, and these just, the detail is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to see what all of these do. I think we, we do have the, we do know the card for Harma, right, at this point? Yes, we do. We do have Harma the dog's head, uh, and let me pull that up. That's the only one we know at this point in time, correct? Right, correct. Well, to, on yes. paper. Hey, <laughs> yes, we do know Harm of the Dog said. Uh, so she's a Vanguard commander. She's got Diversion Tactics, Feigning Maneuver, and Force March. We haven't seen those cards yet, but I'm expecting something awesome. <laughs> and her order is Superior Flanking. So when a friendly unit within long range attacks an enemy in the flank or rear before the attack dice are rolled, the attacker rolls plus three attack dice and the defender becomes vulnerable. Also, in addition to that amazing order, she's got Vanguard commander. When you take, when you claim the maneuver tactic zone, you return one commander tactics card from your discard pile to your hand. So if force March or any of those things are like extra distance, extra maneuverability cards, like, you can be hauling it down the battlefield. That's that's pretty absurd. Yeah, I mean she's she's really good. I mean, and and now uh, is she a commander or is that like she's a, a commander uh, uh, on the table commander? And uh, you know, I the one thing I'm wondering about her is I know she's got her bannerman. I wonder if that's going to do something that stacks in her unit because like right now I'd be tempted just to hide her. That doesn't seem very Harma, right? You like sit her in the back of like a set of trappers and just like give out orders at long range to give out plus three attack dice and vulnerable when your your units flank and attack. Yeah, I mean she can't be like so far out of the fight that because she does have to be close enough to them to issue that order. But I mean, it's it's interesting. I I think you know, does this replace though Tormund for you as as your? Oh my god, I'm a little disappointed. This is so good. I mean, if the other (laughs) commanders are even close to this, like, oh, Tormund's gonna be hard to want to take. I mean, plus three attack dice and vulnerable is a that's not a small thing for sure. And I'm assuming that their her tactic cards like aren't going to be that great. Um, like force march, like maybe it's something where like you get it's like swift advance, but you take damage or something. Yeah, maybe there's got to be some sort of like disincentive to just not be like, yep, like. I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's Vanguard Commander isn't as powerful as it might seem because when you claim the maneuver zone, that's 
totally six times, assuming that your opponent lets you take it every time. Right, right. So you're That's probably true. only going to get it at most three times. But at the same time, it you could just be like, yeah, I'm never going to get those command cards back, and I'm just going to force my opponent to always have to take the maneuver zone. Like, have fun, you know, when you really wanted to be doing something else, opponent. Right. Well, and I think, you know, the, I mean, generally speaking, I think since the free folk don't have cavalry, they kind of really do want the maneuver space anyway. Right. Um, so, you know, yeah, if your opponent's blocking you on it, you know, they're taking something that's maybe suboptimal for them, potentially. Yeah, I mean, being able to recur your, um, you know, your, your tactics cards. Basically. I mean, I'm bringing units back on the table, right? You yep. can't recur those cards, but I'm still bringing units back on the table. And now I'm also like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to bring some tactics cards back too when I do stuff. Like, right, right, I'm just, right. Every, I'm recurring, recursing everything. I mean, that's going to be crazy. And I'm very excited to see. So they've got 24 tactics cards. So what yep. does that mean? Is that like, how many people does, because it'd be. Th- Wait, on the back. Oh, interesting. That'd be what? Tw- uh, that'd be four commanders, right? Yeah. Am I right? No, hold on. That's <laughs> I'm like six, so twelve, eight, eight right? Six, 12, each 24. one has three command cards. Yeah, each one has three, and there and there's two. Oh no, each. sorry, it's six. So, so yeah, twenty-four. Yeah, yeah. yeah, twenty-four would be four. So there's four commanders in the in the in the box as well. Two NCU's. So uh, okay, what about? Uh, you think the free folk? I mean, it's not that far out there, but I guess I just never thought of this. But like, is there going to be an NCU commander that you know you just you're freeing up so many points and is giving you that board control? Like you just go for the tactics board. You just or you just throw more be? units on the table. You yeah, know? and I, I, who I, would that be? Oh man, I mean, who would be an yeah? Who would be an off the table NCU? Because none of them look like they'd be an like. There's nobody like sipping a glass of wine and like leaning on a windowsill, <laughs> right? They're like bows and spears and like holding up skulls, like right. cheering in the air bloody cleavers dogs on spikes like you know <laughs> yeah they're definitely all like combat related so i don't i don't know it'd be interesting i mean definitely you don't think like steer the steyer whatever his name is magnar of then he's definitely got to be like a unit attachment i would assume yeah no like yeah i mean, Even he's he's just, I mean she's more like subtle but she's still like an archer right she fought yeah, she's like in know. a combat pose right here yeah i mean a rattle shirt he's just standing there like two cleavers i'm gonna somehow get like dripping blood like that you know, no. And he's got his own. Well, I mean, maybe he'll be like an NCU version in a in a you know combat attachment version. Oh man, this is the sweet spot though. The hours of speculation before we find out. In the next <laughs> yeah, few days exactly. When We're gonna be so far off. Their cards. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then obviously. you know, then if as if my hype wasn't enough, uh, the next box the uh, person put on Facebook was the follower of bones. Uh, Oh my gosh, these sculpts look amazing. So these you get 13 miniatures in the box. You get your 12 regular guys and your champion. And the champion's holding like a, it might be a string that might be connected by a spine. I don't know, but it's like a a, a, a chain of skulls. Yeah. And yeah. they're all wearing bone armor and stuff. It look, this is amazing. So cool. I mean, such a cool unit. I don't, I mean, I, I'm not really sure, you know, what they're gonna actually end up looking like. Uh but you know, it's 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 gonna be so freaking cool. Wait, I mean, painting these guys up, they're gonna look amazing. Oh, I cannot wait to see whatever in the community does with it. I'm excited just to paint it myself. And once again, these are pre-assembled miniatures that are looking this good. Like, wow, man. Yeah. Well, and I wonder. I mean, so reading their description, it sounds like they probably don't have sundering, but it sounds like maybe they have vicious. 
Because it says, you know, while one might not think a bone weapon could stand against steel, an aurochs jaw on thick wooden haft can deliver a shocking blow even against plate armor. This dis wait, the disquiet these men cause within enemy ranks can be attributed to the knowledge that one might very well be worn as their armor in the next battle. So maybe they're like vicious or you know, inflict some sort of like panic or something like that. Yeah. Oh man. Suddenly like the, just the list diversity here that's coming into the game when we're just used to being like, okay, so you're taking uh, six units of Raiders or uh, four units of trappers. And now it's like, Oh my gosh, I've got variety here. I mean, that's, that's where things really start to open up. I mean, like, you know, the, the, the Lannister Stark, I mean, they had the advantage of like, you know, coming out with the Kickstarter and having like a lot of stuff to play with like right away. And then the other factions, you know, it takes a little time to develop because there's, you know, you get your starter box and maybe like one other unit. Uh, yeah. But it's really cool to see all the stuff that they have coming, uh, coming down. And we're, you know, a real faction now. <laughs> you're already a real faction. They want take, Adepticon. Take take that, Boltons. Uh, yeah. You're right. They did take it. They did take Adepticon. Yeah, but exactly. man, now the choices, though, I just feel like I've got like my lists and my sample lists. And I've got like four lists that are just like. I switch out a unit of Spearwives and I put a giant or, you know, like it's the same switching around. There's like basically the same list. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, so many more possibilities. So I, I'm just going to be, I, I'm going to be very interested to play against them uh, and, and start trying dealing with all this new stuff. Cause Absolutely. it's, it's interesting. Like when, like, you know, when you have like a lot of the same kind of thing, it's like, you know, it's, it's really fun to play against a free folk army with like, a, just a, you know, crap ton of uh, raiders, right. but it's going to be so different to like, then go, okay, I really got to watch out for those cave dweller savages right. and the followers. But good luck bone. getting to them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pumped. That's the weird thing is I've, I've been realizing more and more, um, despite initially not feeling this way, I guess I realized the, the free folk really are kind of like an army of of essentially getting like a, a weird backwards alpha strike where you know you don't get the alpha strike you get the ca cavalry is going to get to you first you're going to get charged but then like once something gets bogged down like you get to hit over and over and over again um and so you are getting a lot of the charges that you want because the enemy just doesn't have any more activations or ability to get out from being underneath you well and you know heaven help that cavalry unit that gets overextended because like I think the one thing is like I can <laughs> unless I have like a unit of all cavalry, but like assuming I have like one or two, they're going to be ahead of the rest of my army if they're going to get to you before you can get to me. And that means that you could just swarm and kill them. You know what I mean? Right. So it's a weird balancing act because you don't want to go, OK, well, I'm just going to slam my Knights of Casterly Rock into these raiders and like, you know, kill a bunch of them. And they go, OK, well, if they live, I'm going to be surrounded and then probably murdered because i'm never getting out of there or maybe maybe best case scenario I, I punch through and and get through to the other side but it's it's not that easy because you know with lady val and claiming the maneuver space it's very easy for you to like turn your units around and, and and get your charge absolutely and so what's actually interesting is i've been starting to get a little bit of a community going at sarge's comics in new london and people are starting to take some uh kind of are not off meta lists but very interesting lists centered around things like the tully sworn shields and like double units of of uh, Stark Bowman. And I'm thinking of one of our Patreons, Justin Shearer. He submitted that that Tactics Talk article, The Warrior Sons, featuring yeah. heavily in there, the Army of Faith, as he's calling it. And it's it's basically a list that centers around an anchor, which is the Warrior Sons, and then two units of crossbowmen and the Knights of Castle Rock. And I'm starting to think, you know, wow, 
are we starting to see the rise of some really kind of more shooty army lists or maybe like in the first months of the game, I was like, Lancaster Crosswomen are really good, but in some cases I might rather just take something a little bit more smashy. And yeah. now we're seeing, you know, as we get better with maneuvering and tactics and positioning, you know, range units really starting to make a big comeback. For sure. Yeah. I think, I mean, Crosswomen are one of those ones where I initially thought, you know, it would really hurt them to have, you know, you always have to have like line of sight, which honestly it doesn't seem like it's that hard to pull that part of it off. Right. Um, and, you know, generally speaking, you know, like the, the Stark Bowman, they really have to be in like a pretty good position from the get go in order to like fire at full, you know, full effect. Right. Uh, whereas the Crosswomen with Sundering on is like they can inflict a ton of damage. Plus they hit on a three plus. So it's like I find my Crosswomen hit more often and harder generally than even if I fire like a full 10 shot volley with you know, Bowman. <laughs> I, well, I don't mean this in a mean way, but I feel like your Stark Bowman also have like an unusually poor like <laughs> dice average. You'll be like, I'm rolling ten dice right now, and you're like, I got, I got two, two right. hits. I'm like, on average, I should hit half the time, right? But no, <laughs> it's like I roll like all like threes and twos, and even with re rolls, sometimes I've like wound up getting like four hits, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> So looking at this list, Justin Shear's Army of Faith, and if you want to take a look yourself, uh, head on over to a Song of Ice and Fire CC.com, the competitive community website, and it's Tactic Talks, Tactics Talk, the Warrior Sons, and Justin Shear's Army of Faith list. So he builds this list around the High Sparrow. So this is going back to that kind of like old school meta of the the High Sparrow as a, a, a filler NCU to get you that three NCU slot. Love that, by the way. He's got uh, some interesting choices in here. Now, number one. He's got the Warrior Sons at eight points, that eight-point very expensive <laughs> unit, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, but he's also he's, he's doubling down on that. He's putting an assault veteran in there. So he's putting an extra point. So this is a nine-point unit. <laughs> Listen, I mean, they're going to be powerful, but I don't know if they're nine points powerful. I mean, like, they are definitely, especially combined with the, um, uh, you know, the High Sparrow and his tactics cards, like they're going to be firing off all the time. They're always going to have faith tokens. They're going to be looking solid. Just you know, nine points is a lot of points. Yeah, and I guess you know they're the other thing I wonder about them is the assault veteran is going to be helpful, right? Getting you that plus one to hit and the yeah. the plus two attack dice. Uh, so that's going to bring them up to uh, nine dice they're hitting with on a four plus potentially a three plus with sundering. Uh, but I always wonder with a unit like this. You know, maybe putting um, something that's going to give them Lannister supremacy. I mean, you can't really put Tywin, and it would change the whole nature of this list. But you know, is this necessarily better than the Knights of Castle Rock? I don't know. It's certainly more expensive. I mean, because like he has, he has here like the Mountain that rides as a separate unit, as opposed to being in with the Knights. Right. So let, let's go down the list quick here. Let me just read it out loud. We've got um, the Warrior Son with the Assault Veteran, two units of Lannister Crossbowmen. Uh, Gregor Clegane, the mountain that rides as the solo unit. He's got a, a unit of just naked Knights of Castle Rock. For the non-combat units, he's got the High Sparrow, that's his commander, Pycelle, and Peter Baelish, Littlefinger. So I guess, I mean, part of it is he's got to, you know, he's got to, he, I think he wants to have like five combat units on the table. And like right. when you're taking like everything on the on the board here is at least six points, if not more. So it's kind of hard to fit like much else in there. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I'd be tempted to, I mean, because how much is the mountain attachment? Like three points? Right. 
I'd be I tempted to almost drop that. Well, no, because that only buys you like two. Never mind. I talked myself out of that idea. <laughs> well, I'll cut that. Yeah. Um, so, the, you know, what's interesting about this, though, is, right, this, this style of play is going to really rely on the Lannister, Lannister Crossman helping you delete enemy units because you're going to be definitely, like, out-activated for sure. Yeah, almost. Well, I mean, you know, the, you've got eight activations, at least at the start of the oh, game. You've got sorry, three eight. NCUs and five combat units. You're going to definitely have some. I guess you're right. Well, so I guess what it really comes down to is they're going to have to delete units because I feel like combat effectively, like this kind of almost looks more like a, a Night's Watch list to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where you got like you know, got a few like really key units that you're working around. Uh, but maybe it's just I've been playing Free Folk for so long. I don't know. Um, but, you know, so the mound that rides, super useful unit, right? And so he, uh, Justin talks about, you know, he's mobile. He can get to objectives. He can hunt down, like, stark direwolves. Um, he can also get into, if people do that palisade positioning where you can only get a solo unit to the objective, if you guys have seen that trick, he can get in there and, and save the day there. I think it's always wise to try and bring a solo unit if you can. And, you know, he ignores armor. So that's going to be super helpful at, like, making people question bringing in some really more durable units like the flayed men that they might, you know, uh, hesitate to engage if they know this guy's going to be coming on the flank and, and finishing off that unit. Right. Now, I guess one of the things I had a question about would be like, for example, you know, the, the warrior sons, right? So they're nine points. The, the plus one from the assault veteran, does that stack with the plus one they get from expending a faith token? Cause I know like sundering can't stack, but like, yes, you know, I believe it plus does one stack. I mean, so they then they're hitting on a two plus, which is pretty good, but it's still just like I mean, it's like seven dice best case scenario, which is well. Here's the question then: crazy. How would you fight this? Uh, kill a bunch of them. I think that would be a you know. Yeah, <laughs> I think that now, you know I, if you get if you get a side or a rear charge with anything with sundering, you know these guys are not that you know even expending throw a, a berserker unit into them or something. Mm-hmm. As you, you know, yeah, they're, they've got a four plus morale. They're going to pass that save. But like, you know, I mean, if you hit them even in the front, if they don't already have a faith token, you know, so like at the start of the game, for example, I'm pretty yeah. sure I could kill a rank of these guys almost right away. And then they're down to, you know, I have attack dice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. I think you just kind of gang up on them a little bit and I don't think they're going to stick around that long. You know, plus one to your defense is decent, but. There's enough sundering and like, you know, with flank and charge, you know, flank and rear charge effects that it's pretty easy to mitigate or remove that entirely. Obviously, you know, you also have wealth of the rock that you could throw on top of that. But right. I'm or really the sorry. mercy of the mother is one of the high sparrow cards. When a friendly combat unit activates, it makes a morale test on a success. Restore up to four wounds to that unit. That's huge. So that that's like a, that's like your big you got that two possible times to do that. And what the cool thing about it is you're forcing this unit to take a morale test, which yeah. is going to give you a token if they pass, which they most likely will. But, you know, is this a situation where, you know, you've got, I know it's five units on the table, but <clears throat> the Knights of Castle Rock want to be hitting stuff, right? They can, they can be pretty durable if they get charged, but <clears throat> they want to be getting the charge. The Lannister Sons, they're kind of the anchor unit you want people to get caught on. The Mountain That Rides is terrifying. But on his own, like you wouldn't really want to just charge him into a full unit by himself. Right. I mean, so the cro- I think you- the crossmen are really where you're relying on. Yeah, on, on, and- on that's your other threat is because you and know can it- they hold them? Can they hold the line though enough to protect them? Yeah, I guess it depends. You know, I mean, it depends on the game mode. But like, if you're playing something like Game of Thrones, right? I mean, 
if the warrior son got to an objective first, I'd be like, well, okay, I'll probably, you know, I might not even just try for that anymore because they're just going to get stronger the more I attack them. If I don't force them to take a morale test, then there are no faith tokens for them to expend in the first place, you know, um, and then just go for the other two points if I can. I mean, or I guess the- you just spike damage. You just got to hit them really hard early and then just get rid of them, you know, or, or just tie them up with like a cheap unit. You know I mean? If these guys are like fighting with the two units of Raiders for an entire game, it's like, well, <laughs> right, exactly. That's and that's the hard, that's the hard part I'm having. It's like, I'm just thinking like, oh yeah, I was, you know, five activations, eight activations total. Like, oh, that's, that's not so great. And I'm like, oh, actually that's, that's pretty high. I'm, I'm just used to free folk being like, I can do way more. Um, I, I, what you want to avoid is having that situation where you do have that, you know, tactic card restoring a bunch of wounds and then they claim the well zone. And you know what I mean? Cause you could throw a bunch of guys back into this unit pretty easily. Right. Uh, and so that's, that's the trick is you want to kind of like do enough damage to really knock them out and don't leave them hanging around. Cause if they do bounce back and they've got a bunch of faith tokens on them, then, you know, then they are pretty effective. I would definitely play this list on a feast for crows, uh, would, would do it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Game of Thrones, I think that's another good one too. For Winds of Winter, it seems like it could probably, there's some of those objective tokens in there, getting the charge off, things like that. You know, it's got some versatility in there. And I think the NCUs help with that. Um, Clash of Kings, is that the one where you come in on the different sides of the board? I always mix uh, those up. Clash of Kings is the one where you have the, yeah, you come in like you have like the three points. And if you take the one on the right, you can deploy on the left the thing be is a little scared lo- to do that with this list um, yeah it's really combo dependent i think this one would struggle with like the 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 types of game modes like dance of dragons where it's actually beneficial to have like an actual on field yeah that would be really ch- challenging right because um, you can't assign those points and you know you know what i mean like right uh that, that would be dragons one. fire fire and blood i oh, mean the so new you- ones Fire and Blood, the one where you have to do the commander, uh, you know, you're, you're having the commander give other tokens. Like, this would obviously be suboptimal. You'd have to pair this with a different list for that mode. But what about Dance with Dragons, where there's the three objectives, A, B, and C? You're not going to be claiming all three objectives with this list. No. I but, mean, like, you know, what, what's your fastest unit is just, you know, the mountain that rides, right? Well, you get the Knights Against the Rock, but then they're stuck with that token. They're not charging around anymore. Yeah, but if they're like sprinting to get to the objective first, they're, you know, going to be pretty exposed for at least right. a turn or two. I mean, my goal here would be like if, if we're playing that game mode, I'm just going to jump like my cheapest crap unit and try to get on top of the point and start running away and then just getting in your way. You know, I just right. Can't. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, head on over to Song of Ice and Fire CC.com, look at this article down in the comments below. You can leave a comment. How would you, how would you, Let's see, what would you pair with this list? What would be your, your B list, if this was your A list, to go through some of those scenarios like Dance with Dragons, Fire and Blood? Or, for you non-Lannister players out there, how you smash this list? What would you take to really shut <laughs> this down? And it doesn't yeah. have to be like, you know, it's not as realistic in that you're, uh, you're not building a, a general like, all-comers response to this, but like specifically, what do you take to shut this list down? And uh, let's even get a dialogue going over there on the website. Um, and uh, maybe that'll be some food for thought for our future episodes. Yeah, and either way, I actually, I actually do think. I mean, th- this list does have a lot of strength. I think there's a lot of like redundant sort of you know um, points where you know if something starts falling apart, like they do kill the mountain that rides. You know, you've got a lot of flexibility there. You've got ways of attacking morale. You've got ways of 
um, you know, restoring your units, putting out, you know, weakened tokens with uh, Pycel. So there's there's definitely a ton of uh, interesting stuff going on here. Um, it, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, I think we should play against it sometime for sure. Yeah. So I love I love lists that like ask a question. And yeah. for me, this one really it's it's not even about the Warrior Sons, even though that's kind of the linchpin thing. It's more so how am I going to deal with those Lannister crossbowmen? Um, you know, how am I going to deal with because it's two of them? I mean, you can do some interesting positioning to make it so you're charging over to one, the other one get the other one shooting you in the rear, or right. you know, how do you get through to those crossbowmen even? Um, how do I get Good those question. tokens where I want? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Like I, you know. It'll be interesting to see like what happens with those warrior sons. Like, are they survivable enough? Like, I, I think I think their weakness is you want to try to like hit them with something really hard before they have a chance to, you know, trigger their own morale test. You know, do enough damage that you've kind of punched them down a, a decent amount. Which you know you have to do via damage. You, you know, they're not going to take morale wounds for the most part. Uh, yeah. So. A few things. So we are really excited. We've got Terry Latorka uh, scheduled to come on the podcast next. And uh, we're really excited to start bringing in some more guests again and, and amping things up. Um, we've been doing the two episodes or so a week, uh, which is a lot of a lot of editing. But we've got the off the table and the on the table. And uh, Josh, I'm hoping we can get you on next week to talk about the double long uh, next episode <laughs> of Game of Thrones, episode three. Yeah. And uh, it should be epic. I mean... There's some doings going. I won't say anything because I know yeah. people will hate spoilers, just, but it's it's. I, I'm very excited to see. And then when that did that, did that person <laughs> yeah. on oh, the man. table will just be extraordinarily vague talking about the show, <laughs> and off the table it'll be like full spoiler season. <laughs> um, and uh, the other thing I want to talk about is besides our cool guests coming up, thank you so much to our Patreon supporters, particularly to our new producer, uh, Sonny Smith. So thank you for your contributions. And because of people's support, um, we are now looking into ways to expand the channel beyond just the people who are working on the website and getting the tracker program. But we're looking into considering either getting someone to help with some video editing to help produce more YouTube content more regularly or to help with the podcast episodes so we can start taking the production value up and or adding more episodes or content in that regards. So what I want to I mean, say is more sound effects, right? More you know, sound more effects. Y- more yakety sacks. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I want to make my, I need my voice to sound like deeper or something. Can I make it more epic? I need oh, the voice trailer guy can do all of our, our podcasts or something. If you're in a position to do so, consider supporting us on Patreon. Otherwise, you know, Keep on listening, and uh, you know what? It really does mean a lot when you guys reach out and let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want more of. And so to that end, as we're now at this moment, we're thinking, okay, well, you know, what do we want to bring you guys more of? We do have a battle report in the works. If you have uh, strong feelings about that, let us know on our Facebook page, On The Table Gaming. You know, you want to see more YouTube videos. You want to see more podcasts. Now, I'm assuming if I say this on this episode, like, you guys are all listening to the podcast, so it might skew that way. But what kind of content do you guys want to see? How can we get you guys, uh, you know, interesting stuff for a song of ice and fire, and get you just jazzed about playing this game? Absolutely, yeah. I think you know the big thing is we have you know the the feedback that we've gotten, especially like all the nice things that we've heard people say about you know that really fuels us to keep keep putting out more content. But then definitely like you know it's important for us to know like you know hey is there something that you really like dig that you know other channels have done that you really like and that we can kind of incorporate you know i think it, that's that's awesome to hear hear suggestions on you know ways to improve and you know just 
throw whatever you got at us. Like maybe you want us to do a, a summer tabletop tournament, uh, tabletop simulator, and you know have us do uh, the 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 talk through of it, you know, and be the play by play guys, you know, who knows, like the sky's the limit. So let, let us know. And we'll, uh, we'll see what we can, we can pull out of it and, and get going your way. Yeah. I definitely think we should do like a, you know, like a, a NFL sort of broadcast style of like somebody playing <laughs> song of ice and fire. And we'll do like, you know, comedy. coming down the sideline. We've got harm. <laughs> Is that a dog's head? She's got a dog's head. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy smoke. Somebody took the warrior sons. I can't <laughs> believe it. They are eight points. Everybody. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, you gotta, you gotta have faith. Uh, well, well, now everyone's just like, nope. Like we've determined, don't, don't do that. That yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> you talked uh, us out of it. <laughs> whoops. Um, but regardless, uh, we hope you guys get your miniatures on the table. <laughs> <laughs>